When I started dental school, I had this illusion that once I was done, I would own my own practice. And I would be able to treat all these amazing people and deliver incredible elite dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, changing people's smiles, changing people's lives. I mean, that's, that's why I got into dentistry. Once I got out of dental school, and then I realized that, man, I need some more skills to be able to deliver that type of elite dentistry, I became what we call a CE junkie, meaning that we would take continuing education all the time. I was pouring money into continuing education. I was putting continuing education on credit cards. I was putting in hours and hours and hours, flying here, flying there, taking all these incredible courses, going to like Dawson for occlusion, going to LSU with Morley, Mobry, Eubanks, all these guys for cosmetic dentistry. And I just felt like, man, I had it all. And then I realized that's what I thought I needed. That's what I thought I needed to be successful. But what I also realized is, is that, man, you need new patient flow. At that time, I was seeing probably eight, maybe nine new patients a month. And I was dying. Like, I'd hit a home run with all those patients just so I could eat. And it was a horrible feeling. I was sitting there thinking, man, I didn't go to school and sign up for all this and take on all these hours, take on all this student loans and debt to come out and be having to eat ramen noodles and like worry about, can I pay my bills? And how am I gonna survive this month? And every month having that feeling of, oh, I hope this month is okay. I hope I get enough new patients so I can, I can eat and so I can pay back my loans. And so I can also then have, make my car payment and make my house pay, all those things. Heck, I didn't even have a house then. I was just hoping to make my apartment payment, you know, my lease. and. It was just this disillusionment. And that's when I started to realize I was so frustrated and also so burnt out. I felt like the guy who was all dressed up for prom and no date. And I sat there and I thought, man, is this really what it comes down to? Like I was ready to throw in the towel and go, all right, I've got a biology degree. I'll just go back and either go into some pharmaceutical sales and do something like that and work for somebody else. Or maybe I'll go back and do something with marine biology and move to an island and hang out. I don't know. I was so lost. I was at the point of ready to leave dentistry. And I was reading this part on Dental Town from Bruce Barrett. He was talking about productivity. And what he was putting in about productivity was so far out of my frame of like what I even thought was possible. I was like, there's no way. I wrote him a private message. He didn't know me. And in my private message, I said, dude, there's no way that you're doing what you're doing and, and it can be legal. <laughs> there's just no fucking way. And he didn't know me from anybody. He could have said, forget you, wrote it off. But he was kind enough to write me back and said, no, we do this month after month. We've got processes, we've got systems, we've got routines. Where do you practice? Told him where I was practicing. He said, wow. He goes, well, I'll be over there this next weekend at a continuing education event. He goes, why don't we get together and have a, have a beer? So I said, okay. And that was one of the turning points in my life because we sat down and we communicated and we talked 
I told him exactly where I was at. I was very real, very raw with him on my frustration with dentistry, why I was wanting to leave, and, and really where I was truly at. And he just said, Jeff, he said, it'd be a shame for you to walk away from dentistry. He said, I just think maybe if you had a different environment to be in, you'd have an opportunity to really enjoy and practice the way that you were designed and built to practice. He was doing something called the Productive Dentist Academy. He would just had launched that for some doctors and that's what he was talking about. He said, Jeff, why don't you come to my course? And I had to eat a big piece of humble pie at that time. Because I had to write him back and say, I'd love to attend your course. It sounds exactly like what I need. It sounds like the, the type of mindset that I need to shift to. But I can't even afford your course. And he was gracious enough to say, and this is the type of man that he is, he said, why don't you just come as my guest? So he gave me an opportunity. That opportunity shifted my whole career. That's what kept me in dentistry. And so an opportunity opened up for me to come to Granbury, Texas, which is where he was, and join him in his practice. And part of the conditioning around it was is the fact that now I was very clear on the aspect that I didn't want to just be an associate. He'd been through a number of associates. I was an associate before, and I wasn't happy. So I told him that I will come in, but my mindset is around the fact of being a partner. And within a year, I drove also, this was interesting, I drove back and forth from Dallas, Texas. It was 72 miles from my door to the door here. And I did that every day, four days a week. And I had friends that said, Jeff, you're crazy. Why would you do that? And I would tell them, because I'm happy. I'm happy now practicing the way that I, I want to. So it made it all worth it. Then I utilized my time well. I, mean, I listened to, at that time, I would listen to CDs and all kinds of stuff, learning. I mean, my car became my mobile university. And then I also took that time to follow up with my patients on my drive home. And I would actually practice some of my, what I call our one act play. So getting down how I'm gonna see and how I'm gonna to speak to these patients and from my standpoint, in a very authentic manner from a certain frame. But it gave me that opportunity to learn that. And that was one of the other beautiful things that I learned was the true art of communication. My partner was one of the best communicators that, in all of dentistry. And it was just such a phenomenal gift to be able to hear that and hear how he communicated and then take that and bring that into my own person and then make that authentically come out on my own, it completely changed how I practice because now I was able to actually provide the care that people needed, wanted, and then they trusted me to be able to give them. Although business was going really well and everything seemed to be lit on fire in my business, I was taking great care of people, I was earning great money, my home life was burning down. So when I would sedate, I was simply looking to numb the pain. Numb the pain of responsibility. And I look back at that and I think, why? And, and I did, I wanted to hide, but there was more than just hiding. I actually wanted to quit. I wanted to quit on practice. I wanted to quit on my family. 
wanted to quit on my wife. I wanted to quit on myself. So I would choose to use alcohol to do that. It was just a temporary state of quitting, but it was to numb that pain. And I was dying inside. And I wanted to mask that feeling of just dying inside because I was suppressing who I was. I didn't feel like I could express who I was and talk about the feelings that I was having, talk about being scared about failing as a dentist, failing in a practice, that how can I be so productive here, but yet over here, I can't make this work appropriately. What's wrong with me? Because everywhere else you'd look, you'd just see the highlight reels of everybody else and the success of everybody else. I couldn't even love myself at that point. How could I express the deep love and connection that my wife needed and wanted? And the same with my kids. I was operating as an immature little boy who couldn't express himself in the manner that they deserved. I took the easy way out. I chose to quit on my marriage and I chose to quit on me. And, and I think you know, growing up, if you're Catholic, you, you know the Catholic guilt. <laughs> and it's just part of our, our culture. And I was kind of beat up about that and, and just having this fear-based religion was really a much more difficult thing for me at that time to accept. And I just didn't really want that anymore. I didn't have room for it. I didn't have the capacity in my brain to deal with something else that was adding fear and adding trepidation to my life and adding difficulty and adding more stress of looking at what else can I have to beat me up? I'm already dealing with the difficulties of financial aspects because I can't necessarily make it with what I'm doing in my profession. And now I'm gonna throw on top of it the other guilt and shame that's associated with my religion making me feel bad about different things. At least that was my story about it. You know, it's interesting because you look at it from a point of walking with God for a long time, and then you see these pivotal points in your life where you fall down or you go into this darker area. There's the times then when I'm not walking with God, when I'm trying to say, I'll just do it on my own. When I look back, doing it on my own, I didn't do so well. After I quit, I had a whole different mindset around things. You know, being single, that's a whole different aspect, an animal that I was not wanting to go into. And I felt like actually part of, uh, a part of me died because really, part did die. And that is the feeling that I had from divorce. I felt like I had failed. And it's one of the things that I just, I hated to do. I hated to lose. I felt like I lost in life because I couldn't handle it and I couldn't be successful making everything work. And I lost a part of me in that. It took a while to rebuild. It took a while to get my confidence back. Hey, I want to look at another relationship. You know, I was just trying to kind of survive at that point. And then it's funny how life shifts and brings things into your, into your manner. And I ended up starting to date Cammie and 
and we started to have our relationship and things started to open up for me again and I started to see new things in myself and see things in her and have feelings come back that had been pushed down for a long time and my heart was on fire and for the first time I felt like I had somebody that was salt of the earth that was so real and accepted me for just how I was and who I was that it gave me the confidence to move forward comfortably and in an excited fashion. I was so eager just to be around my wife. I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to spend time with her. I couldn't wait to see her. I couldn't wait to kiss her beautiful face. I love that feeling. I love feeling like that emotionally just lit on fire. At the same time, I had fear. And I had fear of, okay, is this just the rose-colored glasses? Is this just the, the feeling of the excitement of something new? And is this really the, the track that I'm ready for? So I had a lot of fear associated with it, but I couldn't ignore the feelings that my heart was feeling. So I was heading down this road. I was remarried, business was good, here in my main practice. In the startup practice, it was tough. I was having to fund a lot. I had, I felt like I was bleeding on a lot of different aspects. And here's the funny thing. I thought I was being smart about saying, okay, I'm gonna make some other investments and things. So I'm gonna invest in some real estate, which I have no idea about. I'm gonna go outside of what I know in my profession. And I'm gonna make some investments in real estate because that's the thing to do. And I want some mailbox money, so I'm gonna do that because ultimately, they know better than me. They know better than me and how they can take my money and invest that as opposed to me saying, I'm gonna invest this in my practice where I can have a higher earning. So I was bleeding money and giving away money and I had that stress, compounding the stress of the second practice, compounding the stress of managing a whole second team and trying to do all that remotely. Taking that into my family, it was the same patterns, unleashing again. And then all that anger would come out and it would just dump and I would dump on my family. And I know that I would sit there and I would sedate and press it down and press it down. And then we'd drink. And then my wife and I would have explosive arguments because we finally had enough to, to drink. And we would really say what's deep on our mind. And we'd fight. And we'd fight mostly what we'd fight about. We'd fight about the money some, but surprisingly, that wasn't everything. It was fighting about our kids. It was fighting about me not being able to be a great dad in a blended family, not understand how my role really consists of that. I wasn't there to replace their dad, but hell, I couldn't even relate to my kids. I had no connection with them. I had zero connection with them. And the more that I was around them, the more I got triggered. And the more I looked at it like they were in my way to me being more productive because they were stealing time from me to where I could be working on the business. That's sad, but that's the truth and that's the reality. And the more I looked at it that way, the more I would get triggered. And the more I would get triggered, the more I would get disconnected. 
And the more disconnected I got with my kids, guess what? The more disconnected I got with my wife. Another shitty day that I came home and I walked in the door, all spun up about stuff at the office, grabbed the bottle of wine, poured up a big glass, poured my wife a glass, we had some dinner, and we started to fight and we started to battle and we started to pick at each other. And then it finally came about where my wife's words stopped me in my tracks. She said, Jeff, I didn't sign up for this shit. She said, the kids and I walk around here every day on eggshells. And yet you come home and you blow on us and we don't do anything but want to love you. Man, that was like not only a punch in the gut, but it was like a two by four right between the eyes. I didn't even have a response. How could I respond? I knew that that was the truth. I didn't know that I had to change because if I didn't change, I was going down that road again towards my second divorce. I didn't even know what to say. I didn't even know what to do. I didn't know who I'd have to become. I didn't know any of that. So when you have that type of disconnection and at night, when I'm laying by my spouse, I'm no more than 16 to 18 inches apart, right there next to her. But in my mind, I felt like we were miles apart. And I knew that we were. I didn't feel connected to her. I felt distant. And the sad thing is, is that I knew that I was the one that was pushing that away. All I did was pray. I prayed for help. I prayed to find a way out of what I'd created. I just prayed to God and said, please help me. Please help us, help my family. And my wife, I still don't know how she stayed with me. To this day, it's just, it's one of those miracles. I felt like I was in the storm of my life. If you looked at me from the outside perspective, you'd never know. It looked like life was good. It looked like I was good. But inside, I was spiraling out of control. I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have any of the answers. Knowing I had to find a way out or else my marriage was doomed and also my connection with my kids, I knew I needed to find help. And I knew that I needed to find somebody to believe in. And I found a mentor and I started to get training. And I started to find that this training was changing. It was starting to change who I was. It was starting to change my beliefs in myself. And that was the key. Because for the first time, instead of just listening to everybody else, I started to learn to listen to me. I started to listen to what I truly wanted. And I started to get into tune with that. I started to really, really figure out for the first time ever, who am I? What do I want? Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? It's crazy to sit there and think that it took me until I was in my 40s 
to really ask those questions and give them an honest answer. And not just like a five minute sit down and think about it answer, like days thinking about it and really deploying my mental capacity to get into what it is that I really wanted. Not just for me, but for my family. And where I wanted to be, what do I want to do for the rest of my life? Why am I here on this planet? What is my purpose? See, me, when I look at it now, if I don't have purpose, then what's the point? My life is about expanding every single day. But it was the training that started to unleash things for me. It started to allow me to believe in myself. That started to give me this new vibrant feeling where I actually felt alive. I didn't feel dead inside. Gave me permission to be me. Gave me permission and okay that it was okay if I was angry. It was okay if I was upset. It was great if I was happy. It was great that I felt joy, but it gave me this peace to be real and, and not to stuff something down because I had to conform to what society says on how I had to operate as a man, as a dentist, as a professional, as a husband. I actually got a chance to say what I want and what I believed in for me. Gave me that opportunity to feel comfortable in my skin, to feel confident in it, and to look at what is my belief and what am I committed to doing? Once I was committed to who I was, now I got clarity. Suddenly, that little boy who was driving this man's body began to die and began to go away. And a new me started to emerge. Me that had always been there. You see, I wasn't broken, but how I was operating, that was broken. That broken bit was being operated by a little boy. I realized that a man, a real man has to take and put all that back together. I realized as I operate as a man, that I'm responsible for my thoughts. I'm responsible for my vision. I'm responsible for what I bring to the table. I'm responsible for taking these feelings and these stories and everything that I look at and every way that my mind operates, I'm responsible for putting that into the actions that are required. That are required for what? For me to get the results that I want to get. I would take and invest in my practice all the time. It makes me laugh when, when patients sit there and go, oh, I'm paying for your kid's college, I'm paying for this and that. And the reality of it is, is hell no, man. I'm taking all of this money and I'm putting it back into the practice. I'm putting it back into the education that I go and take so I can give you the best care possible. Hell, what you're paying me barely pays the light bill. But I invest in my practice, I invest in my team members. I would invest in all of that, and guess where I would not? I would cut me out of it. What I began to realize is, I'm the most important investment that I can have. Because the better that I am, now the better I can take that home and be an incredible husband, be an amazing father, have connection and have love, 
I used to have to look at buying love for my, what I thought, for my wife and kids. I just bring home gifts or we create this experience or go on this vacation. I'm actually buying their love as opposed to just being real with them and enjoying their laughter and enjoying their experiences. So the investment becomes important. Choosing to invest in me, I'm my number one asset. My practice, yes, that's an investment. But me, when I invest in me, I grow and I skyrocket. And that impacts every single person that's within my circle, that's within my life. The more I invest in me, the more everybody else benefits because the better I become. The better I become, the more in tune I become, the more I have an opportunity to grow. The more I have an opportunity to grow, the more I have the opportunity to impact others. It's that ripple effect. We see it just flow, but unless we take the time to step back and really look at what it is that I'm creating, and without purpose, there is no meaning. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about dentistry, but guess what else I'm also passionate about? My life. My life has meaning to me now. My life has significance because I say so. This type of training though, it's not your typical dental CE. This is training that actually starts to matter. This starts to take effect for who you are. It makes you look introspectively in the individual that you are, not only as a dentist, but as a human being, as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother. Whatever that pertains to you, that's the type of things that this starts to dig into. This type of training is something that totally transformed how I operate on a daily basis, how I think, what I do, how I show up, not only in my business, but how I show up at home. It completely transformed my relationships. It took from an opportunity of being something that was distant, or very surface to now having intimate conversations that matter to having connection and being present with my kids this type of training is something that gave me back my purpose and lit me on fire with where i need to be and who i need to become this type of training is exceptional it's not for everybody but i'm going to ask you to do something today I'm gonna ask you to have the courage to take that first step, to take that first leap of faith. I want you to push the button down below. I want you to apply to have the opportunity to get your life back. So I've got one final question for you. Are you ready to invest in you?